Holy Spirit, I just thank you. I know that you're in this place. I know that you're speaking. I know that you're taking over. I know that you're the one that's leading us. Holy Spirit, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've done during this service, the worship. You touched us. I know you spoke to us. I know that there's a lot of us in here that received from you already. I know that there's a lot of us in here, Holy Spirit, that, that received what we needed. We came in here looking for you, and I know that we found you. And so right now, Holy Spirit, I just I give this, this sermon to you. It is yours. I am just your mouthpiece. Um, use me, God, to just speak to us um, because I know that I'm receiving from you as well. So speak to us, Holy Spirit, um, and we pray and we give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It was a little um, cold when we first got here, so now it's kind of hot. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, um, not a couple, maybe a few weeks ago, I, I was thinking. How many of you guys think here? Let me, let me hear for all the thinkers. Yeah. Well, I think too. Um, believe it or not, I, I think a lot. And um, I was thinking a few weeks ago, and um, Kevin had, had given a message, and then my, hu my hubby had given a message, and they both kind of had to do with stewardship. And, you know, Mario said to me, he said, hey, I, I was thinking that maybe you can preach the day after Mother's Day. How would you like that? And I said, let me check my schedule. Let me see if I'm free. And so I, I was free, and so I said yes. And uh, so I started thinking about this, this stewardship thing that they had been talking about, uh, Kevin and, Mar and, and Mario. And I just started thinking about stewardship and about what it was and about what it meant. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about stewarding greatness. If you can put that up. And that's the, the name of my uh, sermon today, Stewarding Greatness. Bella actually made that. It's pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. The mama duck leading the little ducks. It's kind of like stewarding. Makes sense. So um, we're talking about stewarding greatness. That's what I'm going to talk to you guys about. And so when God was talking to me about it, I was really excited because I thought, you know, it's kind of cool because I know that Mario has had a series on his own, and those have been awesome. But we've kind of been having a, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an unofficial series um, with Kevin's sermon, with um, Mario's sermon, even with, with, Rina's service, with Rina's sermon, how she talked about being a good child. That's steward. That's part of being a good steward. So if you've noticed... The topic, the unofficial topic uh, for the past month has been stewarding. So I'm really excited, again, I'm saying this again, to get into this. So let's pull out our Bibles. Cool. And we're going to read from Genesis chapter 1. And I'll give you the verses in just a second. So Genesis 1. Before we get into the word, I just wanted to say... God has placed greatness in you guys. God has placed greatness in you. And these verses that we're about to dive into and take in are going to show you how he placed that greatness and why we are great. So if we can go to 
Genesis 26, 126. And I'm going to read out of the message version. You guys there? All right. Cool. Amen. <laughs> okay. So Genesis 1, 26 says this. God spoke, let us make human beings in our own image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. Um, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. Uh, let's keep reading. God blessed them, and he said this to them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish in the sea, and the birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Amen? I've read this verse a lot of times. How many of you guys have read this verse before or these verses before? You know, they're pretty well-known verses. But I'd never read it in the message version. And um, when I was reading it and I was just studying this, this, these verses, I thought, wow, this is very impactful. The words that, that Eugene Peterson, the, the man who, who translated and was guided by the Holy Spirit to write this message version, um, I thought, wow, like, Eugene, man, you used a really good set of words here. I've never, I've never seen it put in this way. And so let's, let's get into it. I want to really, like, I want us to really observe this. And today I want us to kind of take this as a teaching more than a preaching. So if you brought your pen and paper and or pencils, or phones. So verse 26 says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. We are made in God's image. Isn't that amazing? We don't really know what God looks like, but we can speculate that he kind of looks like us, but better. Um... But the way that I take that is we are made in his image. I take it as not really so much that we look like him. I mean, we might look like him. But well, the way that I take it is we're made in his, in his thought, in his idea, the way that he thought about us, the way that he dreamed us up. That's how we're created. I know I've had ideas before. And, you know, you come up with an idea and you... Take your time, you make it, you perfect it, you make different versions of it sometimes, and finally you come up with the product that you're most happy with, and you're proud of it, and you say, this that I made is mine. Like um, this that Bella made. She should be proud of it. This is her idea. This is her image. This is Bella's. She gave it up to us, which is awesome. We thank her for that. But this is an image she created. Just like that image that Bella created, God created us. We are created in his image, his idea, his thoughts, his imagination. All of that came together, and we have us. I want you guys to do something a little different. I want you guys to just look around and look at the person next to you. 
And this is just going to take two minutes. But just look at the person next to you. And look at their eyes. Look at their wonderful hair. Just take a moment to look at one another. You know, it's kind of funny, but let, let's take a moment to appreciate God's creation. Look at each other's eyes. Like our eyes alone are amazing. I'm blessed to have four of them. Some of you only have two. Ha ha. For you, you're missing out. Um, but like our eyes alone are amazing. Our nose, our, man, it's, it's, cr you know, our noses smell. Like, have you, do you guys ever think about those things? Yesterday, actually, um, when was it? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday we went to, uh, to Staples. And just a side note, I love office supply stores. I love them. I, like, I get lost in them. You know, staplers, pens, different colored paper, envelopes, uh, paper clips. Oh, my gosh, I love them. I'm in, like, I don't know, not heaven, but I'm kind of close to it. And uh, <laughs> I love office supply stores. And so yesterday um, we, went to look for, um, we went to look for something for church, and I forgot my glasses. And, oh, my gosh, I couldn't see anything. We were looking for a box, like a nice box. And so I don't have my glasses on, and I'm looking at the aisles, and I'm telling Mari, is, is that a box right there? Mari's like, no, those are envelopes. I'm like, oh, darn it. <laughs> is that a box over there? No, that's a pencil. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I couldn't see anything. It was, I was blind. And I thought, man, I really miss my glasses. Like, it's really horrible not being able to, to see. Once you've been used to it, um, it's, it's tough not to be able to see and be able to distinguish what's what. Um, and so <laughs> we asked somebody and we said, hey, do you guys have nice boxes? And he said, yeah, yeah, we do have some nice boxes. They're up in the front by the register. So I'm telling you this because it's funny. It has nothing to do with my message. I'm just here kind of killing your time. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, so we go up to the, to the front, and we asked the lady at the register. We said, hey, you know, they sent us up here um, because she said that, or he said that you guys had some nice boxes. And she's like, oh, yeah, here they are. <laughs> and I thought it was maybe me because I didn't have my glasses on, but I'm like, those aren't nice boxes. <laughs> they were like regular, like, shipping boxes. Like, you know, the ones that they give you at work? Hopefully you never experienced this, but when they give you the boot at work and you get those boxes, <laughs> it was kind of, it, was, it looked like that. So we were like, uh, no, that's, that's not what we we're looking for, but thank you. But, yeah, it was, it was funny. Just, but not being able to see was, was tough. So the fact that God gave us vision is amazing. The fact that God gave us the ability to smell is awesome. I love waking up and smelling the roses. I love that. I don't know about you guys. If you don't, you should try it. It's awesome. But anyway, God gave us this, this ability to smell. And he thought about all this. Like, I don't know if, if you've ever gotten lost in your thoughts. But let's think about that. Let's, let's just ponder this. God thought, hmm, my creation should be able to see and should be able to smell, they should be able to taste, they should be able to touch, they should be able to experience all these sensations. That's how I want to create them. And here we are. So we are created in his image, in his train of thought, in his imagination. 
Before God thought up us, it didn't exist. Smelling didn't exist before God. I know it's weird, but smelling didn't exist before God. That's crazy. Something so small as God created it. God took time to think about that and say, my creation needs that. That's awesome. So let's keep reading. Um, so he made human beings in our image, and he said, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible um, for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. So right here, this is saying, he said, we're going to reflect his nature. Excuse me. We're going to reflect God's nature. So the way that God is, we are as well. And I know that can be a, a big statement, but the Bible's saying it. The way that God is, we are. Because he's placed that nature inside of us. He's placed his nature inside of us. So the way that God moves is the way that blue moves. It's the way that you guys move when we're connected with him. When we're connected with him, we're in perfect sync with his rhythm. Because we have his nature inside of us. That means your instincts... Your good heart, your desire to please people, your desire to make people laugh. You think that you're funny just because by chance? You're a funny person because God made you that way because he's a funny man. He's, he's funny. He is funny. And that's why you are funny. It says so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth. Responsible. That's a word, isn't it? Sometimes um, we don't think about these things. But God gave Adam and Eve responsibilities in that garden. He made them responsible for things. Yeah, they were able to frolic, you know, in the nude and uh, be able to be happy and enjoy one another and enjoy God. Imagine Adam and Eve, they walked with God. So they must have spent like, I don't know how many, time, how many hours, but I would love to have spent hours just walking through the garden um, with my creator and just having him tell me more about him and getting to know him. But aside from that time that they would spend with him, they also had responsibilities. So God made us in his image. He made us to have his nature. And he gave us responsibilities. He gives us responsibilities. It says to take care of the animals and the earth itself. Last weekend, um, we actually were able to go check out the, the place where we're going to be at for our general retreat. And let me tell you, it is amazing. It's beautiful. It was um, scary driving up there because, like, literally you couldn't see, like, anything in front of you because there was such thick fog. So I think uh, Jesse was driving. He was driving like five miles an hour up a windy road because the fog was so thick we couldn't see anything. But once we got a little over the fog, it was amazing. 
And I'm pretty sure it's going to be like that when we go over there. Hopefully not that thick fog, but once we get up there. Um, but on our way there, we were actually talking with Carlos, who found the place. So when you guys see him, say, hey, good job, because I heard the place is awesome. Um, so he found the place, and we went up there, and, and on our way up there, we were talking actually about littering and how some people throw garbage like garbage outside of their window while they're driving on the freeway like we were talking about that those things and let me tell you brothers and sisters if you do that um, I think you should stop because <laughs> God is entrusting the earth to you so I think we should take care of it and that's what we were talking about how greed actually has has started to affect our earth the greed of money and the greed to have more and, and men and women trying to possess more and just gather up more for themselves. Like that greed is destroying our earth. But here in Genesis, God is telling us that we're responsible for it. So he made us in his image. We have um, his nature and he wants us to take care of stuff. That's pretty cool. Let's keep reading. God created uh, human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. So, like I said earlier, we are godlike. That doesn't mean we are God, but we are godlike. We are like Him. Does that make sense? I come from my mom and my dad. I am like them, but I am not them. I am not my mom, but I'm a reflection of her. I have some personality traits from her and from my dad also. I am not her, but I have a lot like her. And that's how we are with God. But with God, it's actually a little bit more intimate because for him, it's, it's more like for him, we're more than creation. For him, we are his dream. So we are like him because he is our dad. He is our maker. Make sense? How are you guys feeling so far? You guys good? Okay. So we are his creation. I want to talk to you guys about our bodies alone. Our bodies alone, like I mentioned, you know, we have all those senses, but our bodies alone are crazy. Like, did you know that if you cut yourself, like if you have a little cut, cells start multiplying to heal that cut? Like immediately after it happens, cells in our body start splitting and, and, and growing so that that part in our body begins to heal. Not only that, but the blood that we have, because when you cut yourself, you start bleeding. But that blood, it, be, it begins to clot, to, to clot and get thicker so that you don't bleed to death. And not only that, but your, your cells, they also start getting rid of dead uh, skin cells and the debris that they leave so that when the heel closed, when the scar or cut heals, there's nothing, it doesn't get infected and there's nothing wrong with it. Isn't that cool? Your body does that automatically. You don't have to think body heal. No, like it, it does it automatically. And that's how God made you. That's how God made our bodies. That's insane. He, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how he came up with us. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about was, I don't know about you, but I, I don't like mosquitoes. I, like, often talk to God, and I say, God, why mosquitoes? Like, 
I don't get it. Like, why did you make mosquitoes? But I have another little scientific tidbit for you. Um, mosquitoes, and I'm an expert in mosquitoes because every summer they come feast on me. Um, so they, we have like a hate-hate relationship. Or they love me, I hate them. And um, so mosquitoes, when you get a mosquito bite, um, the saliva from the mosquito, when they bite you, the, the saliva actually gets into your bloodstream. And what happens is that now something, is, now something that doesn't belong in your body is in your body. There's something foreign inside of you. So your body will alert you and tell you, hey, 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 there's something wrong. That's why you itch. Because there's something in you that doesn't belong. So your body's trying to get your attention and let you know that something's happening in that area. And that's why you itch. Now think about this. So our bodies know when something foreign is in them. But you know what else? Our emotions, our spirit, and our soul, that knows when something foreign is trying to come in as well. When you have bad thoughts, when you had bad feelings, when, when you get attacked, God has made you to know, hey, this thought that I'm thinking is, doesn't belong in me. It is, not, it is not from me. It is not from him. This, this feeling that I'm feeling when I, when I feel like I'm alone, when I feel like nobody loves me, when I feel like taking my life, like just things like that. When, when you get those feelings and those thoughts, God made you to know that those thoughts and feelings don't belong inside of you. When the enemy's trying to attack us and come into our mind, our spirit and his Holy Spirit, they start like ringing off alarms and reminding us, no, Jesus died for you. No, you're holy. No, he, he, he paid for all of that. Like those things, those are like alarms going off in you, reminding you that those things that are happening are foreign and they don't belong in there. So we came from greatness. We came from God. And God has also given us the ability to give birth to and raise generations of greatness as well. Our legacy is bigger than our life. It's bigger than our lifetime. What we do here is bigger than our years here on earth. Because we come from greatness, which means that we can only give birth to greatness. A chicken can't give birth to a duck. A chicken is going to give birth to a chicken. Same with us. We come from greatness, so we can only give birth to and raise people up to be nothing but great. Because that's how God made us to be. So it's important for us to keep God relevant in our lives. It's extremely important for you to keep God important in your life. Because God is bigger than just your life. You guys get me? He's bigger than just you. How many of you guys know who Noah is? You guys know Noah? So Noah, he came from an awesome legacy of men. Noah comes from Seth. And Seth comes from Adam. Adam lived 900 years on this earth. 
And through those 900 years, he had Seth, and then Seth had kids, and then those kids had kids, and it went on forth, like, I don't remember how many generations, but we get to Methuselah, who is Noah's grandpa, and then we get to Lamech, who is uh, Noah's dad. So the people back then were able to live really, really long, and I believe the reason for that was because God wanted to conserve that legacy. He wanted to conserve this bloodline. He wanted to conserve and protect his story. You guys get me? So we have God and then Adam and then Seth and then everybody that came after Seth. And all of those men lived a long time, 900, 700, 800 years. And the reason for that, the reason why these men lived so long was so that their lives could overlap. So that when their story was passed on, they knew, I'm not getting a watered-down story. I'm getting an authentic, real, like, story. Because these men are living when Adam was living. So that means that they could get this story from Adam himself. And that's why they live so long. And that's that legacy. But you know what? We should also protect that legacy the same way. Because it's like that for us as well. Our legacy and, and, and the story of Jesus doesn't stop at our deathbed or our children's deathbeds, but it continues. And the amazing thing is that we have the Holy Spirit walking with us now who testifies of Jesus and tells us firsthand what happened. So we also have this legacy to protect. Amen? So once we accept Jesus, we become part of his family. You guys all there with me? You guys all know that? Okay. So Genesis tells us we are created in his image and everything that comes along with that. Now, let's go to Ephesians. And we're going to go to Ephesians 1, 5. So Ephesians 1, 5 says this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So God wanted to do this for us. It was his plan to bring us back into his family. When, when, the, when the fall happened, when Adam and Eve sinned, that broke our connection with him. But it was his plan on along to reconnect us to him through Jesus Christ. And so through Jesus, we are connected with him. Amen? Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 11. Yes, sir? Amen? Okay. So this says, verse 11, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Let me read that again because I don't, I don't think you guys got it. Okay, verse 11. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts 
accept God's own spirit. And we received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful, wonderful things God has freely given us. Amen. So this verse is saying that, like, you guys don't know what I'm thinking right now. Thank God for that. But you guys don't know what I'm thinking about. Only I and my spirit, only my being knows what I'm thinking about. But the amazing thing is that God, his spirit, is connected to our spirit. So it's like a, it's like a transmitter kind of. It's like a phone. It's like we're on, we're on, on the phone with, with God all the time because his spirit is on the line. You guys with me? That's how we are with him. When, when me and Mario were dating, um, <laughs> and uh, he used to spend all day, okay, let me tell you. So we work together. <laughs> so we spend eight hours of work together. And then after that, usually he would pick me up. So <laughs> we would leave work together, and he would drop me off at home, but he would stay at my house until like 11. And then when he finally said bye, he had to go home. <laughs> he would get on his phone and call me until he got home. And then after he did his whatever he do he does or did, well, oh, my words, whatever he did, um, then he would call me again <laughs> and we would fall asleep with each other on the phone. And you guys did this too, right? It's not just us. <laughs> It didn't happen all the time, though, just most of the time. Um, but it seemed like we were always connected. And that's how, it's a, funny, it's a funny illustration, but that's how God is with us. God is always on the phone with you. He is always connected to you. So you always know what he's thinking. You always know what he's up to and vice versa. He knows what you're thinking and what you're up to. So now that you see how great you are um, and how great you were made, um, I have a question for you. We all understand that, right? We all understand that we're made with greatness, right? Everybody on the same page? Okay. So I have a question for you now. And you don't have to shout it at me, just it's for you. Now that you know that, how will you steward, how will we steward this greatness? We, we've all been made aware of how amazing of a creation we are because God made us that way. But now that we know that, what are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with that information now? Now that you know that you're great, what are you going to do with all that greatness? In, when I was preparing for this, um, I asked myself that question. I love it when God gets you to this point and then he, he, he kind of says something so impactful to you that it just kind of stops you. And it makes you think about it. And this is kind of like one of those moments 
that he wants us to think about. We're made in his image. We're made to be like him. We have his nature. But what are we going to do with all of that? And I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this message. And I was searching my heart. And I was talking to God. And I was telling him, God, I don't think I've been stewarding this greatness that you've given me with greatness. I don't think that I'm being great about my greatness. And he started to talk to me. And this is kind of like where I actually start preaching to you guys or teaching. In Genesis, God is telling us that he has given us his nature and his responsibilities. And those responsibilities at that time were to take care of the birds, take care of the fish, take care of the cattle, and take care of the earth. That was their responsibilities. That was the responsibilities they had at that time. But now, we're living in a different time. And now those responsibilities have changed because the world has changed a little bit since then. We have changed a little bit since then. Society, humanity has changed a lot, kind of. They've kind of, we still kind of have some of the same things, but we've, we've changed since then. But we still have responsibilities. We are, still, we are still made in his image, and we are still like him with his nature. When Jesus came to the earth, um, he changed the standards that everybody was living in at the time. Everybody was living by the law of Moses. But when Jesus came to this earth, he changed all of that. Because the Son of Man was about to change the world. The world was going to change again because of Jesus. And so when Jesus came to change that, these are a couple of things that, that he commanded us. These are, these are some of the things that he asked us to do. So if you guys can join me. Uh, in Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 28. So verse 19 says, and this is Jesus talking. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, actually, let me read from verse 18. I'm sorry, I didn't give this to you, but let me read verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on, no, and on earth, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that is one of the tasks that Jesus has given us. The other thing that God asked us to do is he said that we should love God. And we should also love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Those are the two commandments that God left for us, that Jesus left for us. So he said, love God 
and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So that changes some things. Jesus came and he changed some things. He told us to go and make disciples of all nations. And he told us to love him and love each other. So everything that we do now in this time falls into those things. Everything. If we love God, then everything that we do is going to come from that love of God. When you love Jesus, then you do everything for Jesus. Everything that you do, you do for him. So then everything that you do because you're doing it for him, you're going to do it well. Right? And that, a, lot of, a lot of things fall into that. That means at work, you know, maybe you shouldn't call in when you're not sick. I'm guilty of that sometimes, but maybe we should stop doing that. Maybe we should work at our work like we're working for Jesus. With our families, the same. Jesus told us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So with our family, we're going to love each other like if we're loving on Jesus. We're going to honor each other like if we're honoring Jesus. Everything that we do with family, friends, relatives, that person at work that bugs you, we're going to love on everybody because we love God. And he asked us to love everybody like we love ourselves. Making disciples of the nations, that's something we should be doing. When you run into somebody at work and when you run into somebody on the street, tell them about God. Tell them about the greatness that he's placed in them. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to do it. But we can tell them that. So all of this that I'm talking about, it's not easy. Some of these things are, are, are not easy to do. They're challenging. Trust me, they're challenging for me as well. But guess what? Guess what? God made you great so you can do them. They are challenging. They are tough. These things are not easy to do all the time. But you can do them because God made you great and he gave you everything that you need to be able to do these things. Amen? This is something that we've, that we've been equipped with, so now it's up to us to do it. You know, a lot of the times we say, <clears throat> yeah, such and such is tough to do, um, and the Holy Spirit will give you the strength. And that's true. The Holy Spirit does give us the strength. He gives us the strength for everything that we need. But God has also given us free will. And sometimes some things are up to you. Some things are just up to you to do. The Holy Spirit is not going to force you to do anything. It's up to you. It's up to you to read your Bible. It's up to you to be nice and courteous to people. It's up to you to honor the one next to you or, or the people that are around you. It's up to you. You have all of that inside of you already. Because remember, you have God's nature. But now that you have God's nature and you know that you have it, it's up to you to do it. And that, like I'm telling you, it's not always easy, but you've been made great, so you can do it. 
We can do all of these things. And we should be doing all of these things. I'll tell you something. Sometimes it's not easy for me to prepare a message or to study the word because my flesh wants to do other things. My flesh wants to watch Netflix for five hours. But you know what? It's up to me to sacrifice that and know that my payoff isn't in Netflix, but my payoff is in my relationship with God. So it takes some sacrifice, but the payoff, and I'm not telling you do it for the payoff. Don't get me, don't, don't get it wrong. Sacrifice, and after a while, it's just going to be something that you do. Now preparing a sermon for me is just something that I do. This week, actually, I had to prepare this sermon for today. Um, this week coming up, I, have to, uh, I teach at the Bible study. And then Friday, I teach at the women's service. So three in a row for me. And that's not easy. Because that, that means <laughs> that I have to put aside all the other things that my flesh wants to do and open up the Bible and say, God, what's up? It's not easy to do, but it's necessary to do. And I can do it. And the payoff is that I'm going to receive from him. I'm going to know him. And the payoff is that hopefully you receive from it and you get to know him more now. So let's talk about stewarding this greatness. How, how are we living? And this is, this is where... You know, this is where I want you guys to just search your own hearts. You know, also, I don't want you to think that I'm pointing the finger at you because I'm not. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. If anything, you know, what we're talking about today is we're talking about it because God loves you. And so do I. And so I just, this is something God wanted us to know. So this is what he, he wants to ask. You know, um, how, how are you living your life? What happens on your day-to-day? -day? Are you stewarding greatness? Are you living each day knowing that you are great inside and doing everything that you do with all of your greatness? Or are you doing some of the things not so great? Are we, are we here on this earth just breathing? Or are we really living? And that's something that I've been asking myself. I've been asking myself, God, am I here just breathing? Or am I really living? Am I really doing what you've called me to do? Recently, I actually, um, I had this, this job. And um, God was opening up a lot of doors. And... Um, I started doing just very simple things at, the, at, the, at my job. And um, just out of nowhere, my boss started giving me more responsibilities and more responsibilities. And um, they liked me a lot. And so they kept telling me, you know, there aren't any permanent positions here right now. But as soon as one opens up, 
it's yours. You don't even have to interview for it. Like, we love what you do. You do such great work. The next, the next um, opportunity that opens up is yours. But it didn't work out that way. They ended up not giving me a position and actually taking the position that I had. So they left me with no position. Um, but the good thing about that, well, let me tell you something. Before, something like that would have really crushed me. It would have made me think, God, what did I do wrong? Was I not good enough? Why didn't I measure up? Why didn't they, why didn't they give me this position? What did I do wrong? How did I fail? That would have been me before. But I'm not going to take that attitude now. Because I know that sometimes things happen in life that are not fair, but they're not our fault. And what matters in that moment, it doesn't really matter what happened, but what matters is how you respond, how you react from that. How will you rise from, from, from turmoil? How, would, how will you overcome that obstacle? Will that obstacle overcome you or will you overcome that obstacle? Is that obstacle greater than, God, than what God has made or is God's image greater than any obstacle? And that is my vision now. That is my, my train of thought now. God, I am great. You've made me great. You've made me like you. So while this happened and it's unfair and it's horrible and I don't like it, it's not going to bring me down because I'm not defined by that. I'm defined by you. So success in life, things in life, those are not going to tell me who I am. God already told me who I was, and that's what I live by. And that's why I'm asking you guys, how are you guys living? Are you guys just breathing here on this earth, or are you guys living on this earth? Are we stewarding greatness? You know, at church, this has happened to me sometimes um, where sometimes, like, the, the speaker will say something, and I don't know if this happens to you, but the speaker will say something, and it gets me to think about something else. And so all of a sudden, I'm not paying attention to the speaker, but I'm, like, lost in, like, this random thought. And then I think, wait a minute, I'm not even... I'm not even here right now. There's somebody up there pouring their heart out, you know, speaking words that they probably are nervous to talk about because they're up there talking in front of everybody, and I'm not paying attention. I'm lost in a thought. What I'm trying to tell you is God wants everything that we do to be great. Because he doesn't do anything halfway for us. Think about this. Jesus didn't kind of die for you. Right? He didn't kind of die for us. He went all the way. And it wasn't just at the cross, but it was all the way leading up to it. He went through a lot. He was betrayed by one of his buddies. That, that's not good. That's not a good feeling to have someone that you love to betray you. And then on top of that, he's being beaten 
He's being humiliated. And this is God. How horrible must that have been? I don't think any of us can imagine it. I really can't imagine it. But he's going through all of that. But he still does what he has to do for us. And he doesn't complain about it. He doesn't try to get out of it. He's in it. And he does it all the way for us. So what I'm saying now is, now that we know that we're great, and now that we know everything that's inside of us, why don't we go all the way for him in everything that we do? Let, don't let only some of us go 100. But let all of us go and give 100. Not just half, but all of us. That's my encouragement to you. Let's, why don't you give 100 to, to this? Because we're not just here to be here. Are you guys following me? You guys with me? Um, I'll give you another example. And this is pretty cool because God spoke to me. Um, I take care of doing the podcast. That's my, one of my responsibilities. So every, um, every time after service, it's my responsibility to go get the recording and take it home with me so that during the week, I can upload that so that hopefully all of you guys can hear it. Um, and there were times where it really was just a job, kind of like a task for me. It was really just as something I have to do, kind of like sweeping the bathroom. Um, and one day, God spoke to me and he said, do you know that people are listening to this? People are listening to, to what you're doing here. Because of what you're doing, others can hear this message that I gave to this speaker. And I thought, wow, that's, that's amazing. I didn't think about it that way. But after he told me that, I look at <laughs> uploading the podcast totally different. And it's not something that we look at as something big. It's something simple. We just go on the internet and upload a sound file. But it's more than a sound file. It's a message that could save somebody's life. It's a, it's a message that can give somebody hope. It's a, it's a message that can tell somebody who they are in Jesus and, and free them from bondage. It's more than that. So sometimes we'll take little tasks like that because they seem so little. But to God, they're big. And because they're big to God, they should be big to us. And so now you best believe that I pray for that podcast before I upload it. And I, I really do do that with reverence because I understand what, what it's about. So I'm almost done. But before I, which is a lie, I'm lying to you. I'm not almost done. Um... <laughs> but um, so how do we stay focused on stewarding greatness how do we stay focused on that well I was watching this, this show on Netflix don't judge me <laughs> it's called Switched at Birth and it's about a girl who's deaf she can't hear so this girl she committed this crime and she wasn't going to end up going to prison but her sister stepped in for her and said, no, I don't want you to go to prison. Let me take the blame for it because 
nothing's really gonna happen to me. The girl that did the, the that committed the crime, she was actually gonna go to school to become a doctor. So the sister didn't want her life to be ruined. So she said, let me just take the punishment for you. I'll sacrifice it for you. So in that show, in that episode, there was times where the, the girl that's deaf, she wanted to give up because imagine trying to be a doctor and not being able to hear, it's hard. So it was difficult for her. It's, it's something really tough. But throughout that episode, what kept fueling her was that she kept thinking about her sister's sacrifice. She thought, no, my sister's sacrifice, my sister's, she has to pick up trash on the freeway. She has to have a parole officer. Like, my sister has to do all this stuff now because she took the blame for me. So now I'm going to try hard and make sure that her sacrifice wasn't in vain. And so the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because that is what helps me to remind me of, how, of, of stewarding greatness and, and how I steward my greatness. What I do to steward my greatness is I just remember Jesus. And I remember the sacrifice that he, that he, give, that he made for me. And that alone, that, that reminds me, that teaches me, that shows me and it directs me how to move. Because I think, Jesus, you gave it all for me. So how can I not give, this all, give, give it all in this area? Or how can I just do this halfway when you went all the way for me? Jesus is kind of like a compass. No matter what situation I'm in, when I feel like I'm lost, when I feel like I've lost my way, I just grab onto Jesus as my compass. And he directs me and he points me and he guides me in which way to go. And that's how we steward our greatness. We steward our greatness by focusing on Jesus and remembering him and remembering everything that he did for us. It's, it's all about him and all roads in life lead to him. This Christian walk is amazing. You know why? Because God has amazing mysteries. He has amazing mysteries. But the most amazing mystery of all is Jesus. Because it's so simple, but a lot of people don't get it. It's so simple. And a lot of us sometimes, we get caught up in like, let me see the mysteries of God. Like, God showed me what happened on Saturn when the enemy fell. Like, that's cool to know, and he'll show us that. But the best mystery is Jesus. When we're revealed Jesus, then, man, the whole world is open to you. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let me just, let me just read to you one more, ver one more verse. And um, we're going to go to Proverbs 3.9. Are you guys there? So Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything, everything you produce. Amen? Okay, so um, if the worship team can come up. Everyone in the world, I want you guys to hear this. Everybody in the world is great. Everybody, even those that are not Christians. God created everybody 
to be great. But that greatness isn't really powered until you connect it with Jesus. When you connect that greatness with Jesus, then that's when greatness really becomes great and it's really in action. Amen? Why don't you get on your feet?